0: did you miss us uh probably been a while since the last episode we recorded i honestly do not remember when we last recorded an episode but uh, we are back from our slumber and we're ready to talk some sports
1: yeah yeah it's been it's been a while um i I can't remember it's been a, a few weeks uh it's been a very busy time uh work's been picking up things things have been interesting you know sports have been insane but that just means we have a lot to talk about on this podcast
0: absolutely yeah like a lot of sports uh, series of uh, seasons have just wrapped up uh, tournaments have wrapped up some, ones uh, almost done and a lot of exciting things are
1: up, abound yeah so i mean really looking forward to the summer for sure for sure it's uh this is the first summer we're actually getting like you know both hockey and basketball in july like it's, it's so interesting it's a crazy time but um we'll get into that um welcome back to the behind the net podcast as usual um i'm one of your two co-hosts matthew and then join with me is michael the other co-host yeah and uh yeah it's been it's been a it's been a while uh michael how have you been i've been good uh i've been
0: working on my internship lately and that's been dedicating me most of my uh time it's been a lot of fun though and it's been a very good experience hopefully it turns into something good
1: oh yeah i i've been that's that's good to that's good to hear i've been busy as well you know like we said, sports have been a very busy time. Uh, I've been doing a lot of uh, a lot of working, uh, a lot of nights. Uh, <laughs> um, but it's been good. There's, that's what we want to see, right? Absolutely, yeah. Like lots of work, but also just getting to watch sports uh, while we're working is, is yeah. the best feeling in the world. That is the best feeling. That's what we worked for, right? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, for sure. Um, but yeah, other than that, uh, we could hop right into it. I mean, we could save the chit chat for later, but. Um, I think we should start with hockey because as you know, um the Stanley Cup playoffs have wrapped up. They were kind of the first league to wrap up, I guess, right now. We know the NBA finals are going on right now and uh we'll talk about that a little later. But mm-hmm. hockey's the first one to wrap up. And uh yeah, we had uh quite the quite the playoffs. Uh if you didn't listen to our last uh episode that was about uh we cover the first two rounds of the playoffs. Um yeah. and then yeah we got the Stanley Cup finals of uh the uh, Montreal Canadiens versus the Tampa Bay Lightning and Tampa Bay took it in 5 games and uh, I just want to know your thoughts on it. I mean first like big props for to Montreal I mean yeah they 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 pretty much surprised everyone it was a crazy run I, I could imagine being if you were a Montreal fan it would have been crazy crazy for the city mm-hmm. um that would have been an amazing thing to experience and and yeah props to that team because they literally lived up to the underroll uh, to the underdog uh, role um, but you know then there's the Tampa Bay Lightning who uh I mean everyone already expected them to take it all this season to repeat um and they did it they were the they were the final boss for Montreal that they just couldn't get past so um I mean it was it was pretty much expected the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, are I guess arguably the best team in the hockey so congrats to tampa on their repeat mm-hmm.
0: yeah tampa had an outstanding playoffs um also montreal in the sense that uh, no one expected them to go as far mm-hmm. as they did everybody assumed that they would be done in five games in the first round but yet they made it all the way to the stanley cup finals and managed to steal one game so i guess in that sense props to them but uh it's clear that the the better team ended up winning this to uh, the stanley cup this year and prop, props to tampa bay in the sense that they they've, they've They've taken on that role of being the uh, like they've embraced the role of being the, the league enemy because everyone is discrediting their championship because they were over the cap. And Nikita Kucherov's injuries also been like uh ridiculed really in a sense that like he just set out the entire year, then came back and led the playoffs in scoring and like that shouldn't count. So I, I absolutely love everything I've been seeing out of since they've won the Stanley Cup. It's been super entertaining and we, we we're finally seeing some personality from players, which is something mm-hmm. we, we don't see very often. Can we so talk I'm about very that? very happy about yeah, that. Can we talk Absolutely. about that a little?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, we've seen a lot of the, I guess, uh, I guess the backlash from some people. It's kind of split. It's kind of split. You know, uh, I personally do love the personality being shown. And, like, you know, <laughs> it all started with, you know, uh, Kucherov kind of throwing shade, especially at Montreal and and their fans. Yeah. Um, and, and the team, you know, uh, saying that their Stanley Cup Finals was beating Vegas, things like that. And I know, see, this is the thing. It's, it's like hockey has been traditionally been the, the sport that, you know, you kind of stick to the status quo. And it's very, um, I guess, in air quotations, keeping it classy and whatnot. But, hey, I mean, these are these things are so entertaining to watch. And this is why this is great for marketing and things like that. But, you know, you're still going to have the crowd that wants to keep hockey um you know very to the status quo and then but i think to draw new fans and these are the type of entertaining things that are great which is a a, a different generation you know of, of sports fans and you see it in other leagues happening like that and it's just you know it's embraced and i think hockey should embrace it more but i it's it's weird like what are your thoughts on it we're definitely seeing a uh, a split between reactions I think we should see more of it, honestly,
0: more uh, personalities being shown by the players, as long as it's in good fun and uh, doesn't uh, take offense, like, uh, like divide people like in a bad way in the sense that like, oh, he says something very offensive. No, like what, what the, the lightning are doing is in good fun. They respect it's it's not uh, disrespectful and it's entertaining as hell. The Lightning have played into it perfectly, especially the likes of Nikita Kucherov, Andrei Vasilevsky, and I think Mikhail Sergachev. They've been wearing a bunch of t-shirts with uh, about $18 million over the cap. Uh, number <laughs> one, uh, Bull Beep, if, as you want to say. Uh, and they're, they've had deals with Bud Light, which is outstanding. Like Everything, like I said, everything that Tampa has been doing since they won the Stanley Cup has been top-notch entertainment. And it's trolling of the highest class. And you know what the best part is? the fans cannot handle it like the fact that they're reacting to it so viscerously is perfect because that's what Tampa Bay I guess the players were hoping for like just just good fun and
1: house fans can't seem to handle it well oh yeah and yeah like I said these kind of like these kind of beefs like even either even if it's on the ice or off the ice especially like that's what kind of makes a lot of these things in sports very entertaining right mm-hmm. and uh yeah, I mean, I get the crowd that's upset about it, but um, also like it's very entertaining. It's a way to mar- It is. It is a way to market the sport, really. Um, and 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 this is a way to show hockey as being more exciting and accessible. Even you know, with all the antics off the ice and not just on the ice, right? And I think I think we see it in that way. Mm-hmm, Absolutely, and it's great to see too. Yeah, for sure it is. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that the, the finals were. They were really entertaining to watch. I mean, it was pretty straightforward in the fact that we, uh, it was, the Lightning kind of did. They did dominate the series. Um, that one game with Montreal winning a uh, game four, um, that was really good too. Like uh, Carey Price played amazingly as usual. Um, as he did, you know, throughout the playoffs until the finals, and um, they they got a really good goal um in overtime. But yeah, I mean, Vasilevsky just was absolutely insane uh not just in the finals but all throughout the playoffs and yeah that the, the lightning are just they're just something <laughs> they're the the
0: team to beat they're the team that people uh will be looking to to uh model their success and try to build a similar type of contender uh yeah tampa bay's earned every uh right to be where they are for the last two years and uh I don't know if they're going to be able to three P next year because there's going to be a lot of major change to the roster in part because of the salary cap in part because of the expansion draft that's coming up in, I think a couple of weeks actually. Yeah, yeah. no, it's just, it's, it's been, it's been a treat to watch this team and, uh, hope, I, we'll see
1: what happens uh, when next. Cause, uh, I don't think we're going to see the same team next, next year. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll talk about the expansion draft shortly because it, it is, uh, coming up very quickly. Um, but yeah, any closing thoughts on the finals? Uh, I just wanted to say, like, I mean, we're just reviewing it super quickly. It, it was really entertaining, and just the whole season as a whole, you know, going through the COVID restrictions and the interdivisional play and things like that, I thought we got a great playoffs, uh, especially, I mean, even with Montreal being the underdog team and just upsetting team after team, like, it was just overall, like, the whole playoffs were, were pretty exciting.
0: Absolutely, yeah, and hopefully next year we get a normal playoff run where every single team... uh can have uh, all their fans in the building from start to finish. Um, I think it was, uh, it was definitely uh, encouraging to see more people in the stands as the playoffs went, went, went along. And it's just, it's, it's once a step closer towards uh, some sense of normalcy, which is something a lot of people have been dying for since March of last year. So it's been great to see. And I'm looking forward to uh, what should
1: be a very entertaining 2011, 2012 season for all sports, especially hockey. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, so after those finals, well, we're heading into the off season and uh, we'll focus on the Leafs off season. Um, they already made a couple moves, signing Travis Dermott and uh, Wayne Simmons, re-signing them to uh, contracts. But uh, let me ask you: Is there anything else that uh, you think the Leafs should be doing this off season, uh, or right now, or you know, uh, anything that you you would like to see them do um, this off season? Pretty
0: straightforward, actually. Just just make a big change to the roster in some some way, shape, or form. I think uh, we we both know that uh, how the reliefs are currently constructed is not going to work unless there's something completely fundamentally different compared to last season. And uh, it, it's because of the fact that they've blown so many opportunities, especially this past year, where they had the best, the easiest path to, to the final four that they've ever had in. Uh, a long time, and they completely squandered it because of their own, mm-hmm. because, because of them, them, they and themselves only. So when that happens, you expect major changes, and I think that's really all we can ask for at this point, whether that be trading for a player like Tyler Pertuzzi, who's potentially could be on the lease radar, maybe signing a player in free agency, Blake Holman, maybe, uh, Jamie Alexiak. I don't know. There's a lot of, or Dougie Hamilton. But like I said, there has to be something fundamentally different about this team because if there isn't something fundamentally different, I don't think Leaf fans will be too excited about next season when if, when expectations are already pretty low that anything
1: will be different. Yeah, for sure. Um, I I think so too. I think I mean we we said on previous podcasts and in reaction to the Leafs um, losing in the first round it, uh, some sort of shakeup is is required, some sort of core shakeup, almost uh, pretty much uh, this core. I mean, maybe they could do it, but if you're looking to win right now, I think uh, something needs to be shaken up, but um, nevertheless, I think even minor moves, uh, like you said, Tyler Bertuzzi, he's uh, been rumored um, that the Leafs are taking looks at him, Um, and just little shakeups like that, we know some players are going to be out, you know, Freddie Anderson, most likely, uh, possibly Zach Hyman, and then uh, we're going to talk about shortly, but obviously the expansion draft is right around the corner too, who... Who will the Leafs might lose, uh, you know, and filling those holes. So I think just kind of going really hard on free agency and, um, you know, almost like last season, last off season was was really good. They they picked up, mm-hmm. um, a few veterans. They filled holes. And this season, the problem is they don't really know what holes they have to fill because they kind of filled those holes. But, um, I would say like focus on if you can upgrading those uh holes that, that are gonna occur. Um, at least even in goal goaltending uh you know maybe maybe you can't upgrade with you know losing Freddie Anderson but finding a very very solid backup to Jack Campbell who is likely going to be of course the supposed starter moving forward yeah um so just things like that and uh going on to the expansion draft and then uh you know that's that's taking place July 21st so we'll talk about a little uh who do you think that who do you think the Leafs might lose uh, in that expansion draft? Or what do you think their their game plan should be? Well, it's probably
0: going to be one of Alex Kerfoot, uh, Travis Dermott, or uh, Justin Hall being uh, taken by the Seattle Kraken. I honestly have no idea who is going to be that player because it, I really could see all three of those guys being uh, taken by Seattle. Maybe it just comes down to, do this does Seattle value uh, youth in Travis Dermott? Do they want a more experienced defenseman in Justin Hall? Or do they need additional forward help? And that could be that in Alex Kerfoot. And if it is Alex Kerfoot, then should the Leafs be trying to trade him in advance of the de- of the expansion draft? But they don't lose him for nothing. There's a lot of uh, questions about who should be going, who should stay. And I honestly have no idea which which player will go, because I honestly could see all three of them uh, being taken
1: by Seattle. Yeah, that was kind of my trio in mind as well. Um, I think they each present the Leafs a uh, unique situation. I mean of course they just re signed Travis Dermott so you gotta think, could that possibly be in hopes that, you know, he might be exposed? Uh in hopes that um you know that they're hoping that he's the one that if, if out of those three one were to be taken it it could be him. Um but there's different situations, you know, Justin Hall, he's just solidified him as a as a viable defenseman, top four defenseman on this team. Uh a little hard to replace and then also Alex Kerfoot, I know. Uh, he he'll be a third line center. is a little hard to replace uh, right now, um, as well. Or you know, and it's just about there's those holes that could possibly be coming. And again, how can the Leafs fill those holes um, this off season? You know. Yeah, absolutely. But I think the one thing that this
0: Leafs team needs to do is try to address the lack of killer instinct, which is I think been a major problem that has been exposed time and time again. When they have an opportunity to close out games or just put their opponents away, they they just can't really seem to do that on a consistent basis. Uh, you, I don't know if they if they have the enough players to help fulfill that um that role, or if even the players on the team right now can do that. But like I said, I think that's what has to be the the main focus this off season besides of course making a fundamental change is adding players that have that killer instinct in them because uh that's how the, that's what they need to do to close out the series and all the Leafs' uh, upper management of it have admitted it. I think Brandon Shanahan said that the Leafs lack killer instinct and mm-hmm. the, if if that's if they know that that's the problem they have to fix it cuz I don't think leaf fans can tolerate yet another season of uh, failure in 2021 2022 do we
1: like, do we know how the Leafs can achieve that though? Because, like, it's it's very hard to, you know, say that this player has that. Well, you you could. I mean, they picked up experienced players, like hey, like Joe Thornton. He's been to the Stanley Cup Finals before and things like that too. But, um, obviously the core, um, doesn't really have that experience and hasn't. At least the core of Morgan Riley, Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, William Nylander hasn't even advanced to a, a second round yet. So, um. What do you think to get killer instinct? Do you think it's just like what, like picking up more experienced players who've been to, you know, have have been through multiple playoff round wins, or or what do you think? What do you think it entitles? I think it's definitely that playoff
0: wins. I think that's really all it is, or just having that mentality that uh, they want to finish up, like like uh, close out games. Those those are the kind of players you need to find. It doesn't doesn't really matter who who that player is, as long as he can be he can be
1: found. At the right price, get him on the Leafs. That's because yeah. that's the kind of player the Leafs need. I agree because it's hard to, I guess, put a definition when looking when evaluating players for killer instinct. But I think it's not just about like you could pick up veterans who, you know, have won playoff wins. You know, like I said, like Joe Thornton is, you know, he's won so many uh, playoff rounds. Um, but I think it's about. As much as we hate to say it, you know, we did say shaking up the core and bringing in a a core piece, not just a player who's going to play on the third or fourth line. But, you know, even bringing in a core piece who is going to help lead the charge with that killer instinct and that experience, you know, Mm -hmm. I think that that really will help. It really helps as well.
0: Absolutely. No matter who that is, you got to find him. Like I said, the least need that at this point. There's just like I, I can't stress enough. There's no, there's no stressing how important this next season is, in the sense that league fans are already upset. They're already frustrated with the the direction of this team. If if there's any way that can get fans like believing that this is, this court is capable, they need to show progress next season. And it's not by winning a division title. It's not by uh, leading uh, the Eastern Conference or leading the NHL. It's by going on a deep playoff run. It's that simple. So find as many pieces as you can to ensure that that will happen
1: or else Leaf fans are just going to stop caring or just not care as much as they did before. For sure. I mean, it's been an important season for the Leafs the last three years, <laughs> the last two seasons, even it's been, um, you know, they have to get it done this season and then it's just another season they have to get it done. And now it's just been kind of beaten to the point where um. I'd say it's it's really 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 crucial that they get it done this season. Yep. Yeah. And there's no there's no question about <laughs> there's it. no they question. Have to get it done. Yeah. Um. And then uh, I got to ask, but last last thing about the expansion draft. Uh, do you think the Kraken could possibly have a a like ice a really good a good team like the Vegas Golden Knights did in year one? Like maybe not as good as in the the Golden Knights went all the way to the Stanley Cup Finals, but at least be a playoff contending team, possibly? Well, they are going to be in the
0: Pacific Division next season, and that's really a very weak uh, division outside of, uh, I want to say, Vegas and Edmonton.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So the path is definitely there for Seattle to squeak into the playoffs as either the third seed or the one of the wildcard spots. Now, are they going to go on the run like Vegas did? I don't think so. I think Vegas got extremely lucky in the sense that uh, the expansion draft worked heavily in their favor. And uh, like a lot of great players came, like fell onto their laps, and it, they all gel together extremely well. I don't know if we're gonna get that same thing this year uh, when uh, the Kraken join the fold, but uh, they definitely will be a competitive team right off the bat.
1: You think? Do you think their expansion draft draft will still go very well? Do you think there will be a few players out there that'll kind of fall into their laps? There will. Be, there will
0: be some good players, but like I said, I just don't think they'll be as good as uh, Vegas was in year
1: one. Mm-hmm. But they'll definitely be a competitive team. For sure. For sure. Um, any any other points you want to talk about uh, with the Leafs and their offseason moving forward?
0: Well, not about the Leafs, but did you hear who uh, the uh, Ottawa Senators hired yes. for their front office? <laughs> yes. Well... You who you know Pierre uh, McGuire, right? The guy that yeah, used of to be course. on the uh, NBC. <laughs> well, he's joining the uh, Ottawa Senators front office. I think as a senior advisor.
1: Yeah, I think it was a uh, vice president of uh, player development or something. Yeah, oh. senior VP of player development. Oh boy, yeah. oh boy, interesting hire. It, it's an interesting hire. We'll we'll just have to see how it plays out.
0: Yeah, I I have no I really don't have much to say on that. I, I know that a lot of people are clowning the move because like, uh, the last time that uh, Pierre Maguire was with an NHL, or at least one of the most recent times that Pierre Maguire was working in, in an NHL team, was his disastrous stint with the Hartford Whalers. Mm-hmm. And there is an article, a famous, infamous article, that just highlights uh, his, uh, his very bad stint there. It's, it's absolutely fantastic if you ever come across it. But, uh, yeah, no, it'll be very interesting
1: to see what he does with Ottawa. Mm-hmm. And just a little bit of uh, background for him. Uh, he has uh, previously worked for the Senators as a scout and then also an assistant coach, but that was way back in 95, 96. Oh.
0: Yeah, so, uh... it's coming full circle for him.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, a little interesting hire there. Uh, we'll see how Ottawa does there. Uh, um <laughs> Any anything else you'd like to talk about uh in the world of hockey right now? I feel like the hockey world is kinda of taking a a little bit of a, a relaxing break right now, you know, letting Tampa enjoy their <laughs> their cup parade, which I think is today right now, actually. Um Yeah. And yeah, it's they're just kind of sitting back. Uh I know I'll just say quickly, uh I mean we did kind of talk about Dermot a little but uh Wayne Simmons, I, I really like that sign that re signing as well. Yeah, Wayne
0: Simmons is a good signing. Uh, Jason Spezza was a really good yeah, signing. Oh, yeah, I, I, yes. I know they brought him back too. Um, Zach Hyman's probably gone. But that's fine. Freddie Anderson, who knows what's going to happen with him, but he's probably gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, it's just this this off season's taking a bit of backseat. You're absolutely right, but that just means that uh,
1: in a couple weeks' time, uh, things are going to go uh, from zero to hundred real quick. Yeah, I mean, even with Freddie Anderson, just think about the money they're saving and what they could use that on. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um but yeah, we'll we'll wrap up some hockey talk there. Like I said, it's uh it's been pretty quiet um since the cup finals wrapped up. So uh we'll talk about a little bit about uh basketball, which is going on right now the NBA finals. Uh that's wrapping up uh just super quickly. Giannis played it insane yesterday was game three and he just scored back to back he just had back to back uh forty point nights. Um Just briefly, what do you think? What do you think is your prediction, and what do you think about the finals so far? It's been very entertaining so far.
0: Uh, I I think it's just it's 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 relief to see two different teams and a new set of players in the finals. That's not Steph Curry or LeBron James, which we've been kind of used to for like the last uh, decade and decade plus. Uh, Giannis has been playing outstanding, even though he's he's pretty much on one leg uh chris paul seems like a man on a mission the the Suns are playing ex- exceptionally good basketball and uh the bucks made a good game of it yesterday and they uh, they they made this a series so i'm really looking forward to how this series plays out because i honestly think this could go the distance but i i really want to see phoenix w- win this one just for chris paul's sake because
1: he's it's been a long time coming for him yeah i mean uh first like we've always been talking about like You know, can Giannis and Ted Kumpo and the Milwaukee Bucks do it? You know, like he's been, they haven't been choking, but like he's been expected to take them to the finals for the last couple of years now. And he couldn't do it in 2019. You know, the Raptors, they were well on their way to the finals in that one. But last season, they uh, gave it up to the Miami Heat. And we said, you know, that was their best opportunity to make it to the finals. They just blew it and props to props to the bucks. They made it this season. So, um, you know, that's, that's big, that's huge. And, uh, like I said, Giannis has been performing uh, amazingly well, but on the other side, Phoenix has just been having like a, an amazing run, you know, um, upsetting the Lakers and, uh, you know, just how they've been playing the three of them, uh, especially Chris Paul, um, Deandre Eaton and, uh, And Devin Booker just all stepping up like in historical ways and yeah it all comes down to Chris Paul like it would be really nice to see Chris Paul um winning a ring like when you think about old superstars old legends uh in basketball like who else is left to get a ring other than Chris Paul and maybe I'd say I guess Carmelo Anthony um but you know it's it's nice to see all the legendary players kind of getting their rings and and, and Chris Paul definitely needs to get a ring.
0: Absolutely, yeah. And I was just going to say it's crazy to think that uh the Phoenix Suns went 8 and 0 oh, in the bubble last year and we thought that that was like not many people were not sure what to make of that and it turns out that that was just the the sign of what was to come in uh 2021. 20, it turns out they're they're on track to uh potentially win their first ever championship it's 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 been great to see I, I'm, I'm really i'm really happy for, for the suns for suns fans because they really wanted this for a long time and
1: who who even knows when they're going to get an opportunity like this again oh yeah and like devin booker we've talked about him a lot on this podcast but he's been written off so many times in the last few seasons um he's definitely shown himself as being a star player um i mean he had 70 points at what like in his first couple years in the league um um and it's just insane. Like he really needed that team just built around him and uh huge shout out to the Suns for making that Chris Paul trade, which is looks a genius now. Um, absolutely insane. It completely transformed this team in so many ways. I mean, Deandre Ayton, he had the potential, but he never really tapped into it until this season. And a big reason why is because you have uh, such a great point guard, um, you know, facilitating the entire offense and, uh, you know, it's just that that team just runs so smoothly. Like, it's insane. Um, yeah, like, I really hope. I mean, I, I would love to see. I'm not really picking sides on either one, but it would be really nice to see Chris Paul win one. I mean, Giannis, if anything, if anything he's shown that the Bucs are still here to stay. I mean, he just re-signed long-term. The Bucks will continue to have uh, Giannis, who's looking like one of the best players in the league consistently.
0: Absolutely. And you know what? Kudos to uh, Giannis for uh, proving a lot of people wrong because a Mm -hmm. lot of because there's a lot of NBA fans. I thought that him staying in uh, Milwaukee was a huge mistake and that he was not it was going to jeopardize his career chances of uh, winning a championship. And yet here he is. What is it? The second first or second year of his uh, contract and he's already taken his team to the NBA finals, won a game in the NBA finals and he's doing it on one leg he's he's probably going to be competing for championships for a long long time and if it doesn't happen this year it's certainly going to happen in within the duration of that contract
1: he's uh he's one of the best players in the world right now oh for sure i mean like uh, back-to-back mvps and he's playing like an mvp caliber player in the finals which is what you need um yeah the the Giannis and the milwaukee bucks are are in good hands uh and we'll see how this plays out but Uh, again going back to the Chris Paul trade I was just thinking about this you know how many times remember before he obviously got traded to Phoenix we were saying that Chris Paul would be the perfect point guard for the Milwaukee Bucks Um, and we said that instead of uh, uh, Eric Bledsoe and uh, (laughs) I mean aren't we right like if he if he went to the Bucks instead of the Suns um, and he played like how he did, play, how he played this season with Giannis and uh, possibly Chris Middleton. Um, wouldn't that be insane? Like they likely would have just easily won the uh, chip this season because they wouldn't even have to had to worry about the Phoenix Suns most likely. But Phoenix went out and picked him up. And now he's, you know, the Bucks are going up against Chris Paul. Yep. <laughs> Comes full circle. <laughs>
0: It's it's absolutely amazing. But then then you then we talked about Kyle Lowry and how none of the teams that uh, <laughs> traded for
1: him uh, went far in the playoffs. so, so maybe the Bucks should have uh, traded for Lowry. Yeah, I mean, seeing a lot of uh, I'm I'm seeing a lot of similarities between the the Raptors and the Suns, 2019 and this season's uh, Suns, and and even Lowry and Chris Paul. And you know, we know they're good friends. So everything is coming back full circle. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, I love it. I love it, too. Um, yeah, and those are the NBA Finals. The playoffs have been great. Uh, but, of course, the Raptors, <laughs> we'll talk about the Raptors now. They have they did not qualify for the playoffs this season. But with that, they uh, they had the seventh highest lottery odds. And uh, we talked about this before. And they went into the lottery, and they actually won the lottery. And they, well, not number one, but they won all the way up to number four. So they'll be picking number four. And obviously, that's way better than picking seven. So, mm-hmm. Jumping up to a top four pick is huge, especially for the Raptors, who didn't even expect to be even in the seventh spot. And now, you know, they're getting an opportunity to uh, pick a very good player, especially during a time when, uh, you know, it's not even that they're a bad team. They're just uh, having an off year, right? So Mm -hmm. what does this... I got to ask, like, they have the number four pick. The way mock drafts and the way the... You know, the, the scouting for the the draft uh, is going right now. It looks like they'll likely get either Jalen Green or Jalen Suggs. And most likely Jalen Suggs because Jalen Green is looking like he'll probably go second, if not third. Um, if he falls to the Raptors, that would be seems like it that would be a, a, like a gift to the Raptors. But this, the realistic and likely pick is Jalen Suggs, who's a, a point guard and I got to ask if if the Raptors do end up with him. He's very talented. What does it mean for Kyle Lowry and uh, I guess the rebuild going forward? Well, it certainly makes things a little bit easier to cut ties
0: with Kyle Lowry if that's what the Raptors want to do. Um, Obviously, there's going to be a lot of talented point guards in the top five of this draft, which is uh, great for teams that do need a point guard. Obviously, the the hope was to get Cade Cunningham because he was by far the best point guard (laughs) available in this draft, and he's going to... Probably go to Detroit and have a successful career over there. But uh, the Raptors can't do any wrong in this In at number four. The fact that they're even up in the top four is a huge, huge boost to them. And the fact that they turned a, what was a, otherwise a down year for a team that uh, only last year reached game seven of the second round and was within a couple buckets of reaching the uh, Eastern Conference Finals and potentially uh, a tough series against Miami. They're they're getting a top four prospect. That's that's great. That, that means that this Raptors team is going to come back next season and rebound in a big way. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think, um, who, no matter which point guard they end up taking, whether that be uh, Suggs or even uh, Jalen Green as a shooting guard, or if they can somehow trade their way up into the draft to ensure they get an even better player, they're they're going to be a good team next year. And obviously it'd suck to lose Kyle Lowry because Kyle Lowry's been the heart and soul of this team, but... I don't know how much longer Kyle Lowry has productive basketball in him, so it might be the best idea to cut ties with him. Uh, maybe it would have been best to uh, trade him away, which, as we discussed earlier, would have been great to get assets back. But uh, that's a discussion for another day. But uh, we'll see what happens. I'm ho- I'm hopeful that the Raptors uh, come away with
1: a great player and uh, turn next season into back back towards uh, another playoff spot. Yeah, for sure. Like you said, uh, it definitely makes things easier to cut ties with Kyle Lowry. I mean. Let's be real. We'd all love to see Kyle Lowry back in Raptors uniform. And honestly, it would definitely make the Raptors a better team. Um, but again, it's for the right price. And I don't know if the Raptors could get him at a good price This uh, in this in this free agent market this offseason. It's definitely going to be difficult. But uh, yeah, even if it's Jalen Suggs or Jalen Green or whoever it might be, um, a number four pick, a player with that potential, especially this is the highest that we've seen the Raptors pick in the Maasai era. And we've seen what he did with, you know, like the 27th pick in in Pascal Siakam. And uh, I think OG was like, I forgot what number pick he was, 20-something. And and, and we've seen what he's done with those number picks. Let's see what he can do with a number four pick where it's, you know, it's bound to be a highly, highly talented player. Um, And, yeah, I think it pushes the rebuild forward a a lot quicker. And I think, um, you know, if you're getting a player... You know, you would like to get a player that could be, you know, a star player. But even if it's not, you could get a player that you could really build around, um, and 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 even change the, you know, kind of the style of Raptors basketball even a little. But um, it's definitely going to be a new era of of Raptors basketball. But we'll see how it plays out.
0: Yeah, like I said, I'm I'm really looking forward to uh, what the Raptors look like next year. It could, it's it's definitely going to be a transition year for the team goal going from some of the old guard to some of the younger players fully taking control of the team. That's, what's going to make it very exciting to watch next season. I obviously, I like to see Kyle Lowry back for maybe one, if they could somehow bring Kyle Lowry back, it'd probably be for one more year. But if they are going to let him go and sign us elsewhere in free agency, then this is probably the year to do it.
1: And I think that you can only make that call depending on how the draft goes. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I want to bring up one more uh, rumor about the Raptors that's been going around. Um, I like rumors. In talks of, you know, could the Raptors look different next season, but supposedly the uh, Golden State Warriors are looking at uh, Pascal Siakam and bring him in. And uh, a trade for that would possibly have to be centered around uh, James Wiseman, um, Andrew Wiggins, and possibly uh their top i think they have the seventh pick so uh their seventh pick in the in the draft i think they have the seventh and the 14th pick so i guess one or two um of those two um who knows but i gotta ask you what are your thoughts on this because i'll tell you first off i think this is an absurd idea in the in the in the warrior's eyes of course it seems like a home run but in the raptor's eyes this does not look good at all (laughs)
0: I I just don't think it'd be smart to just cut ties with uh, Pascal Siakam so soon. Obviously, it'd be nice to get James Wiseman. He'd be an excellent center for the Raptors to build their team around. But to cut ties with Pascal Siakam so soon when he's shown flashes of being potentially an MVP candidate, and maybe as soon as uh, next season with a better team around him, I don't know. It just seems crazy to me. You're definitely right. It's just something that uh, seems completely out of left field. And I, 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 I can't
1: see that happening. For sure. And I mean, I just in the Raptors' eyes, like it shouldn't even seem attractive. Like the Raptors, yeah, they're rebuilding in a way, but they're not a bottom of the barrel team. They had one off season, you know? Um, yeah, there might be some changes coming in the off season with Kyle Lowry, but you don't just you know, the Raptors should know you're not just rebuilding right now where you trade away your stars for picks already. Um you're not trying to get younger right away. You know, Masai took so much time to to draft wisely and develop a player in Pascal Siakam, a very very good player in Pascal Siakam. Why mm-hmm. would the Raptors want to trade him away and do it all over again, of picking a player and then developing them all over again? You know, um, Pascal Siakam is still young. Uh, the Raptors could still be a young team with uh, you know with the new number four pick coming in. Uh, I just don't see and and bringing in Andrew Wiggins. Um, I, I mean, let's just get it uh, like over with. Everyone, all these, all the American media wants to uh, make it seem like Andrew Wiggins coming back to Toronto because he's Canadian would be the perfect reunion. Um, the Raptors couldn't care less that he's Canadian, so um, no. I do not think that is a good trade for the Raptors at all, and they shouldn't even entertain that because. Um, there's really no point in trading Pascal Siakam just to develop a star all over again. Yep. Yeah. I I just I just don't even know how you'd
0: replace Pascal Siakam with. Like do you even know that there's going to be a player in free agents that can even come close to the value that Pascal Siakam provided? Or even a trade? I don't know, it's just too risky. There's too many questions, too many hurdles that need to be need to be jumped over in order to make this thing work and I just don't see it to ever working out in the Raptors favor.
1: So yeah. steer clear of that. And I hope that this rumor does not come tr- come true. Also uh, Pascal Siakam's trade value right now is a lot lower than what he really is because um it's so weird like he has one bad playoffs and the basketball world suddenly sees him as you know literally the opposite of what they saw him as before that playoffs. Um he has actually a really good season this season. It's just that the Raptors flew under the radar for the whole season being the fact that they weren't a playoff contending team and uh everyone you know is quick to dismiss him and right now so as a result his his trade value is really low when honestly possibly next season he would probably i i predict he'd he'd play very well once again with the raptors
0: absolutely and i think that uh, like i said with a better team uh, a healthier team and the 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 Raptors back in Toronto for the first time since March of 2020 I think this Raptors team will rebound in a big way
1: for sure um yeah we'll just I mean we'll see what arises out of these rumors but honestly uh I don't think the Raptors should really be entertaining that idea I mean I've Again, the Warriors are coming at the Raptors. If they're coming at the Raptors with that trade idea, I mean, of course they're coming at the, at the Raptors with that because that's a, a home run for them. In all in all honesty, that would help the Warriors become contenders once again.
0: Absolutely, I am looking forward to uh like what what comes up this summer. Like I said, the Raptors are in a very good spot in the sense that they have a good they're getting a good player in the draft. They're going to be a good team next year. They're probably going to make the playoffs again next year and. They're not probably not going to win a championship next year, but they're going to get back on track because people will look at last year as just a blimp in the
1: radar. Mm-hmm, for sure. Um, so that's pretty much the basketball talk uh, of this uh, of, of this week. Let's uh, move into the final sport here is uh, baseball and the Blue Jays. And to sum things up, the Blue Jays, we've been saying they've been having an up and down season all, all season, but it's really been apparent in the last few weeks you know uh they would come so close to winning and then they lose the games and then um they'd come you know they'd start winning a few games and come so close to you know rising in the in the standings and then and then they lose again or, or you know they start dropping again and we're reaching the midway point we, we're pretty much at the midway point of the season and uh does it look likely that the that the blue jays can still make the playoffs or no because I would say it's starting to slip away from them.
0: I don't think it's starting to slip away from them, but, uh, I think that they're making it harder on themselves the longer that they take to address the bullpen. Yes. They've made a couple of additions, uh, over the, uh, the last few weeks, adding, uh, Adam. Kimber Adam- And then yeah. Simber. And then Trevor was Richards. Yeah. Richards. Richardson. Yeah. Yeah. That's which are two, which will, which will definitely help out the bullpen. There's no question about it, but, uh, they do need better bullpen options because they just simply don't have enough arms in the race to uh, supplement the overall struggles of the bullpen. And like I've been saying in uh, previous episodes, if the Blue Jays don't address this the, the bullpen, it's going to kill their season. And it's looking more likely that uh, the longer this takes, the more likely it's going to happen because the Rays and the, the Red Sox are uh, going further up the standings and making it harder on the Jays. And the wildcard standings are also not looking too good in their favor. And the the fact that they keep losing games uh, to division rivals also doesn't help their case either. I think they lost two of three to the Tampa Bay Rays in the last series before the uh, All Star break, which is coming up uh, in a couple days' time. Let me just see the standings real quick, just to confirm. Four and a half games back of Oakland, who currently sit with the last spot. It's it's not good enough. This this Blue Jays team should be competing for a wild card
1: spot, and they're they're simply not good enough. And it's all because of their bullpen. It's not because of their offense. Yeah, the defense. Literally. Um, their bullpen has been blowing games left and right like we've seen it so many times like probably more than you can count on your hand now um and it really has been that has been the issue like the blue Jays offensively have been you know amazing so much so that they could probably give up some of the offense to you know hopefully help their um pitching situation but you know that is what they have to go out and do at the trade deadline, and the the tough thing is that the market for relief pitchers is is really it's a really difficult market. Um, there's not a whole lot available, and uh, at a good price as well. Um, do you have any any names or any ideas of who you would like the Blue Jays to go after? Um, the, the trade deadline is obviously at the end of this month. I guess I can reiterate the name I mentioned in a previous episode, Richard
0: Rodriguez, who's on the Pittsburgh Pirates, a team that is uh, no, is not going to make the playoffs this season. Uh, not they're not even close, mm-hmm. and, and it's uh, they're probably just going to looking to unload uh, some of their uh, more their veteran players for prospects and young uh, players. And I think the Blue Jays can definitely afford to give up some young players to get help immediate help this season because, like I said, this is their time to compete. They don't want to, like just throw away last season just because of one issue, one area of the team that's, uh, can be completely fixed. And like I said, like there's not much time left to address it. The internal options are not good enough. I, I just don't know many other names besides Richard Rodriguez. He's probably the best option. And there's been rumors that the blue Jays are interested in him. So that'd be my number one. Now, once you get him look elsewhere and, and try to and improve the bullpen as much as possible.
1: Yeah. Oh, for sure. And, uh, yeah, I agree. Like I said, uh the 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 market is pretty slim. Slim pickings right now for relief pitchers and uh his name definitely jumps out and it's it's a you know, it's going to be tough for the Blue Jays to acquire him because there I've I've seen there's a few teams that are are linked to uh wanting to acquire his services. So, if the Blue Jays can pick him up, like you said, that would be uh literally like a game changer for the Blue Jays um having I think I I read it, I think I saw he he just got his 12th save of the season too um yesterday on Sunday so uh you know a good player that can that can uh close out games like that is literally what the Blue Jays need because they've been blowing a lot of saves as well and just some confidence when you get a pitcher
0: on the bullpen because when, when when the Blue Jays turn to their bullpen late in games there is some some hesitancy there's some groans mm-hmm. all over Blue Jays uh, fandom it's that's not something you want to see from a team that has arguably one of the best players in baseball and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Some, some talented bats, a, f- a now fully healthy lineup and a good, an overall solid defensive unit. Like the fact that we we can, I can
1: easily pinpoint the problem is, is, is very concerning. A hundred percent. Um, that really is the big problem. Like we said, like, you know, going into the season expectations aren't super high for the blue Jays. They might make the playoffs, they might not make the playoffs, but one thing's apparent is that they could make the playoffs this season if they fix the biggest hole, which is their bullpen. So it would be nice to see them at least try to, and and they have been trying to fix their bullpen, but keep making that effort, especially with the deadline coming so close, and can't wait all the way up until the deadline. They need to strike quick.
0: Yep, and and get as many pieces as possible, and uh, just hope for the best, I guess, at this point. Uh, they can, they could, they could totally go on a run, and, uh, with, with without making any major moves. But I think the best course of action is to acquire quality arms for the bullpen, because, like I said, this is a season that they could con- totally compete, and they're throwing it away because of the bullpen.
1: hundred percent. Um, one more topic I wanted to talk about with the Jays is, uh, of course we've been talking about Vladimir Guerrero Jr.'s uh, amazing season and his possible even MVP season. But, of course, we've seen Shohei Ohtani absolutely, literally dominate baseball. Um, The Angels may not have been dominating baseball, but he has been putting on an absolute show for fans this season. He just hit his 33rd home run. Um, He's increased the gap in home runs uh, with uh, Vladdy in second. Of course, Vladdy still is overall offensively having, I'd say, like, more well-rounded offensive game this season than than otani but in terms of mvp race do you think that's uh <laughs> do you think it's pretty much looking like otani's to to win right now or or do you think Vlad might have a chance i mean he might have a chance given how if the second half goes more or so in Vlad's favor but what do you think of at the halfway point
0: I definitely think that this is Shohei Ohtani's award to lose. He's been the unquestioned MVP, and it's not just because of the fact that he's uh, racking home runs and getting a lot of offensive production, but the fact that he's also an uh, an elite starting pitcher. Mm. Like it you you can't tell me that those kind of things happen uh, every every couple of years. Like we're seeing history being made on in baseball, and Ohtani is the modern day Babe Ruth or the first Shohei Ohtani, however you want to describe it. I, I just think it, it's clear-cut that he is the MVP of this season, and he's well on his way to doing that. But the only thing that sucks is that Shohei Ohtani's team is probably not going to make the playoffs this year. They're probably not even finished the season 500. That just tells you how uh, team-oriented baseball is. Like The fact that, that uh, Shohei Ohtani is having an outstanding season, uh, and they could probably have an historical year at that, and they're probably not going to make the playoffs, it's, it's absolutely crazy what, what base, kind of, how cruel baseball
1: can be. Oh, for sure. <laughs> um, I mean, I feel like that's just the story of the Angels. Uh, you know, Mike Trout or Shoei Otani does something amazing, and then, oh, but they lose whatever score, you know. Um, but, yeah, what Otani's doing is historic, is um, absolutely insane. You know, being the best, arguably the best offensive player of the season, plus being one of the best pitchers, like, that's just the, that's the, you know, highest caliber of that's the definition of uh, you know the highest caliber baseball player period you know um so yeah i think maybe this season might not be Vladdy's season to win mvp but hey he's only 22 right so mm-hmm. it's showing a lot of promise just wait to, uh then we'll see what happens in the next few seasons so uh yeah that's, that was the kind of my final topic that i wanted to bring up uh heading into the all-star game both of them are all-stars it's going to be fun um yeah yeah absolutely yeah
0: baseball has been it's, it's in a really good place right now uh the, the, the stars are absolutely outstanding obviously it's like to see uh, ronald acuna suffer that yeah. that injury that uh, pretty much ended his yeah. season but there's so many there's just still so many quality players in baseball now i think if if, if there's any t- ever a time to get back into baseball for people that haven't really been paying attention to the sport this is the time they, it's been as entertaining to watch as
1: it's been in years. Oh yeah, this is yeah like exactly this is an amazing era. Like just going through uh, the the superstars this season, each one of them has like such an amazing storyline. Shohei Otani speaks for himself. um Jacob Degrom, he's been playing like absolutely insane, like historically great pitching. um You know, I haven't seen a pitcher that's been striking out like he has. A, a long 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 time probably all my life um and then yeah like you get kind of a youth movement right now with Vladdy um Fernando Tatis Jr. um and uh Roland Acuna Jr. all being uh the three juniors kind of leading the youth movement right now and it's very exciting time then we have you know players like Kyle Schwarber who's also been putting up like historically great numbers uh especially with homers um, in such a short stretch uh, of games he's been he's been hitting homers it's just been it's been a very very fun season this season absolutely agree there's I can't put it in any other way it's yeah. uh, it's been fun to watch I love it um yeah other than that is there anything uh in baseball that you'd like to talk about or we can move into the uh kind of rapid fire section you uh you, you you suggested earlier just a few other yes. things in in sports that we could talk about
0: Absolutely. Absolutely, there's quite a bit to we can go over. I think we, the first thing we have to address uh, that we didn't get over in the NHL discussion was the Chicago Blackhawks uh, situation, mm-hmm. or, or all the controversy surrounding uh, uh, a disgraced employee whose name I will not mention, because uh, he does not deserve any more notoriety than he's already gotten. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I don't think there's uh, any other way of saying that, that the way that Chicago Blackhawks have uh, handled the situation has been a disaster the same goes for the NHL there needs to be more coverage of this story all the reporters including Rick Westhead who's been leading the charge and especially a lot of reporters in the Chicago area and I know the athletic has also done a lot of work too I think it's Katie Strang has done a bunch of stories on this as well there's this needs to get a lot more coverage. there needs to be a lot of more pressure on the Blackhawks and the NHL to make the right decision and I just think the fact that we're we're sitting here, what is it, a a, a few weeks or even a month into this story, uh, fully uh, being broken, and there's no real uh, action happening, or there's like the NHL and the Blackhawks have kind of remained silent. It's mm-hmm. it's very disappointing, and yeah. a, and, a, and a, this is leaving a black eye on the on the league.
1: Yeah, exactly that. Um, we've been waiting for the Blackhawks and the NHL to acknowledge it more, and they haven't been, and um, they definitely need to because we've talked about how the NHL needs to be not just more accessible, more welcoming in so many different ways. And this just puts a very big dent on their perception because and they're just making it worse for themselves by not speaking out about it because, uh, and, and just how, you know, under the radar it's been going because this is a huge, huge, huge issue, a huge uh, case that's been going on. And, um, you know, there needs to be more, acknowledgement for it because um yeah it's it's just looking like not just hockey like not just the NHL but hockey is a very you know a very tough um situation to get into and and a very uh not welcoming for for certain uh people and and that's not the kind of that's not the kind of thing that people want to see and it's even worse when the organization doesn't really take responsibility for any of the actions and uh you know things like that so definitely we need more acknowledgement from the parties there and the uh, and acknowledgement that they're going to uh bring justice
0: or correct a wrong mm. but the fact that the fact of the matter that uh the black all the black house players from that 2010 team knew about about what yeah, happened that's and it's f- a terrible and part f- absolutely and and that no one back then uh spoke up about it And that when when one of the coaching staff members that spoke with the player, like the player told this story to, and then spoke up to one to mention that we should report this to police, and then the likes of Stan Bowman and company did nothing, like that's just, it leaves a permanent black stain on those Chicago Blackhawks teams that won three Stanley Cups between 2010 and 2015. Like it's forever tainted, and it's all because of their inability to do the right thing.
1: Yep it's just a terrible terrible situation all in all ways and all aspects of it and i really do hope that um there's more acknowledgement of it because uh we need explanations and we need to see justice served
0: yeah and and the fact that we're already at this point and we still don't have a clear-cut answer it's just it's just disappointing mm-hmm. and i it's just another reminder that the the sport of hockey has a long ways to go before they can be fully inclusive of uh, everyone
1: 100 percent 100 percent um yeah so we'll keep it at that um that situation we really hope that we get more responsibility from the parties there and we'll have to see i guess what um continues to come about from that uh that case Mm -hmm. Um,
0: i hate to go from a a negative story to a positive (laughs) one but i mean (laughs) it's kind of hard to do that with with so much sports happening uh, there was the euros that just recently yes. wrapped up yesterday
1: mm-hmm. and uh it was a it was a really great tournament overall amazing tournament um and the finals like the uh <laughs> the Euro Cup final was yesterday it was insane uh it would have been amazing to be at wembley uh <laughs> just the energy that was there was absolutely insane but in the end and it went it went down to penalties uh and you know, Italy took it, and it was it was an exciting it was exciting to say the least. Absolutely, yeah. And what's great about uh, Italy's success in this tournament is that to think that
0: only a few years ago they did not qualify for the 2018 World Cup, and yet here they are, atop of all of Europe, uh, European soccer. It, it just goes to show that uh, that Europe is remains the mecca of football uh, uh, across the world. Yeah, and all the teams there are. More than capable
1: of reaching the mountaintop, mm-hmm, for sure. And even England, they had a great, uh, a great, grave tournament. And honestly, it really did look like they were gonna take it. But hey, I mean, I mean, what can I say? I mean, especially us being Leafs fans, uh, I think it's disappointing, right? Absolutely, <laughs> fans yeah. Got to be disappointed after coming that close to after so so long. Yes, and but what's good thing about England is that they are
0: i think they're a team on the rise for sure they were in the semifinals of the 2018 world cup they made it to the final game of the uh, euro cup and only lost on penalties which has been their achilles heels for uh, basically all of their entire existence but to tell if i definitely think that this england team is capable of uh, winning a major tournament for the first time since 1966. And they proved it this year. They have a very talented squad that can uh, achieve great things. And I think that this is probably just a a, a learning curve, like a, a major lesson that they have to learn. And the good thing is that they, they don't have to wait long for their next major tournament. Most of the team will be back next year for the 2022 World Cup in Qatar. And who even, who knows what happens with them. But uh, as an Italian soccer fan, I am, I am, <laughs> super happy congrats, man. That congrats. my voice uh, pulled it off congratulations <laughs> oh man to be in woodbridge or little italy to yesterday <laughs> would have been fantastic but i was at work so i'm seeing all these videos of the
1: celebration like man i want to be there so bad i saw videos it was insane like i saw videos i was like i'm not even an italian fan and i'm like i would it would be so cool to drive through there absolutely it reminded me so much of uh 2006 which was
0: the last time that italy won a major tournament uh obviously i don't have i won't have as strong memories because i wasn't actually in the crowd to celebrate but uh and obviously a, a, COVID, a pandemic is getting in the way of that but you know what still exciting none, nonetheless it's it's italian fans in canada are simply the most passionate
1: fans you'll ever meet and they go crazy for when sure. their t- team wins for sure um so yeah, that was a nice little wrap up to the uh to the Euros and uh any other topics you wanted to talk about quickly? I think the only thing left to talk is Formula One, but uh I can't really <laughs> go into too much because you still haven't watched uh Drive to Survive yet. Next episode. I was planning to this weekend I went out of town. Um I was planning to watch it on the way there and I don't know, I just I fell asleep. <laughs> i d I didn't start watching, I mean didn't fall asleep to it, but I just didn't get get around even starting it but i was gonna start it today hopefully i say this but yeah i'm like Giannis uh at the free throw line when it comes to starting tv shows that i said i would watch um but yeah uh next week hopefully we could have a little segment to watch that a little reaction segment yes this man literally just said with his chest i
0: sleep by shack <laughs> <laughs> sorry buddy <laughs> oh man <laughs> Man. Well, I hope, I'm hopeful that, uh, the next week you'll get some exciting stuff. Cause I yes. already know there's going to be a lot of news, uh, by next week. So hopefully you're fully caught up and yeah, we'll get to talk about it. Cause
1: I've, I've heard nothing but great things about it. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's going to be fun once you get into it. Yeah, for sure. Um, so we'll close out the episode here. Um, yep. Hopefully again, it's been busy time, but we're going to keep pumping out episodes and, uh, you can follow us on Twitter. That's the best way to see our updates as well. Um, on the podcast uh, pages at behind the net pod, my page is at Matt underscore Rodrigo underscore. My page is at the leaves. IMO, and, uh, hopefully a new episode, uh, every,
0: every Monday or, or every Tuesday, depending on when, when we, uh, export the episode and, uh, publish it. But yeah, we'll, we'll try and get back in the routine. Uh, hopefully things will start to quiet down for us and we'll get back to doing more episodes. For sure. For sure. Um,
1: So yeah, we'll catch you all next week. See you guys.